And so I'm, I want to share God's word with you today. And I pray that you, as you listen to God's word, I pray that you would keep your hearts and minds open and uh, pray that you would, you know, receive what is being said. Because I want to share something uh, very practical with you today i want to share something very practical with you today you know when i when i share sermons with the church uh, some days i like to speak a very practical sermon some days i like to go a bit of uh, do a bit of a theology some days i would like to just do like an analysis like a bible study type sermon and some days i just like to share some thoughts with you and today i'm going to do that i'm going to share some thoughts i'm going to share share some practical things with you and i believe God will speak to you through his word. Amen. So I want to I want to share with you on the subject called don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Amen. When you look at the enemy, he's always watching us and uh, since we are God's children, since we are saved by the power of God, since we are saved by his blood, we you and I are always on the enemy's radar. He's constantly looking for us. You know, he's all, always watching us. For people who don't believe in God, it's a different way. You know, he doesn't bother about them. But for people who believe in the Lord, people who worship God, people like you and me are always on his radar. We are the enemy's target. And he's constantly watching for a way to infiltrate into our life. Because we're committed to Christ, because we worship him, he's trying to find a way to infiltrate into our lives so that he can attack us and destroy us. He's trying different ways and, and our responsibility is that we have to be on guard. Amen. We have to always be on guard. See, sometimes, you know, what we do is we think, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the Lord, I'm strong in the Lord, nothing will happen to me. We take it too lightly, believing that we are invincible. <laughs> but sometimes, even without your realization, even without your realization, you may end up giving room for the enemy to work his destructive plan in your life. Because, you see, there are certain things we can do. See, as human beings, we're not perfect in any way. You know, no matter how many years we are in the Lord, we still make mistakes. You know, there are things that we can do that can invite, that can bring the enemy into our life or can open the door for him to access our life. And that is why we have to always be on guard. You see, the Bible teaches us this way in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 to 27. It says, in your anger, do not sin and do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And I like the next verse. It says like this, and do not give the devil a foothold. You know, the, the, the point here is very clear. This verse implies that if we are angry, <clears throat> if we are unforgiving, what do we do? We are just opening the door for the enemy to infiltrate into our life. So we get angry with someone and we are they're so angry, we just don't want to forgive them. And we are holding on to their anger, to their unforgiveness. And we think everything is going to be all right, but you know what we're doing? We're holding on to unforgiveness. We open the door for the enemy to work. In other words, I want to put it this way. We are setting a seat for the enemy on our table, on our table. Every time we see a person and our, our blood starts to boil, you know, we, we, we boil with anger in our hearts. 
Every time that sort of an attitude is there in our life, you know what we do? We are opening the door for the enemy to work. Many times we try to tell ourselves that I'm so strong in the Lord. I pray so much. I give to the church so much. You know, I read the Bible so much. Nothing can happen to me. We are deceiving ourselves if we are saying that. No matter how many years we have been in the Lord, we have to constantly keep reminding that I can be vulnerable, that I can become weak one day. And my responsibility is to make sure that my life is constant constantly found in the presence of God and not open to the attacks of the enemy. The Bible clearly instructs us that do not give the enemy a foothold. In other words, what this means is do not give the devil his opportunity. That is what it means in the Greek. And also another thing, another way to put it is do not give the slanderer a place in your life. A place in your life. Amen. I hope you're coming along with me. I hope you're learning what I'm trying to communicate with you here. This is an important truth. So because sometimes we, we, we try to, I want to say this again. Sometimes we try to say that, oh, I'm, I'm protected by God. I'm, nothing can happen to me. You see, nobody denies that we are protected by God. However, when God tells us to deal with an anger in our life and we do not deal with it, we still live with that anger, there is a gray area in our life. There is an area where we do not allow the Lord to work and, and, and that area is the area through which the enemy will infiltrate and will try to destroy us completely. There are so many people that I've personally met, seniors, you know, people who are 50, 60, way elder to me, who've been in the Lord, who've had experiences with the Lord, who had encounters with the Lord, who have grown in the Lord. So many years in, you know, into the Lord, they still have that anger they hold on to. That unforgiveness they hold on to. They somehow feel like you know, there is a justifiable reason for that unforgiveness. Justifiable reason for that anger. But the reality is, by holding on to that, they are keeping a door for the enemy to work in their life. There is a force at work, church. There is a dark force at work behind the scenes. When we hold on to anger in our lives, we have this uninvited guest seated at the table. And I believe, church, that it is time to recognize this uninvited guest in our life. And it's time to cast him out of our life. The Bible says, do not give the enemy a foothold. And I pray that today as you hear to God's word, as you hear God's word, that we will examine our life and shut down every door through which the enemy can infiltrate our life. Amen. Amen. I hope you're with me so far. I hope you're coming along with me. And I pray that... God will speak to you through his word. Amen. I want to share with you five ways through which the enemy will make his way into our lives. Five ways through which the enemy will make his way into our lives. The first one is this. The first way through which the enemy will often make his way into our life is through laziness or procrastination. Please write this down. Please write this down. The first way through which the enemy can infiltrate into our life is through laziness or procrastination. You see, when you read the Bible, the Bible has a lot to say about laziness. And uh, specifically, if you read the first part of the book of Proverbs, it is clear that God 
hates laziness that god hates procrastination you know god does not like lazy people god does not like lazy people and quite often you know we fail to understand how laziness affects our spiritual life in fact laziness can cause a huge loss beyond what we can even think in our spiritual life i want i'm, I'm going to talk about this but before uh, before that i just want to go through a couple of passages and share more about this with you and share how the enemy can infiltrate through laziness into our life Proverbs chapter 6 verse 6 to 9 it says like this go to the ant you sluggard consider its ways and be wise it has no commander no overseer or ruler it it stores its provision in summer and gathers its food at harvest how long will you lie there you sluggard when will you get up from your sleep laziness brings on deep sleep and the shiftless go hungry you see laziness laziness always begins with a love for sleep a little extra sleep so when the alarm goes off in the morning we immediately hit the snooze button and even with our eyes closed we can hit the snooze button on our touch screen phone have you ever realized that because we are so you know uh, we so much want that extra sleep so much that we would do anything for that 5 minutes of sleep we've already slept for like 8 hours and that's not enough that 8 hours is not enough uh, we just want that 5 more minutes a little extra sleep laziness always begins with a love for little extra sleep the bible says in proverbs 19:15 like this it says laziness brings on deep sleep and the shiftless go hungry If you read verse 10 and 11 it says like this Proverbs chapter 6 10 and 11 a little sleep a little slumber a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man See the Bible clearly warns us about laziness a little slumber a little sleep a little folding of the hands to rest the result of that is going to be poverty See, laziness also does one more important thing. Once you fall into this habit of being lazy, you will never have enough time to do the work that you're supposed to do. You'll never have enough time to do the work that you want to do. The moment you're awake, what happens is you immediately start working, you keep going about your day, and when we immediately start working, you know what task gets ignored first? what task get ignored our bible reading and our meditation and prayer because you know we are always fighting for that extra sleep the moment we get up we start working and we ignore the most important task the most important task i want you to understand how laziness works and its spiritual implications in your life because many times You know last week as I was just meditating on God's word I was going through this passage in Proverbs and I was like pondering am I a sluggard you know I was doing a devotion for myself I was just reflecting on my life and I was looking at passages in the Bible and I realized that I am a sluggard let me be honest with you now people who know me personally know that I work 
a lot i prepare a lot for the church and for everything you know my wife knows how much i work but i realized there are areas of my life that have become a sluggard i've been procrastinating you see sometimes you can be really hard working and also lazy at the same time you can be really hard working and also lazy at the same time it may seem like how can hard working and lazy go together let me explain this for you you see when you're awake you're working really hard but once you go to sleep you don't know when you'll wake up i hope you're getting my point when you're awake you're working you're working you're working but the moment you sleep <laughs> nobody knows when you're going to wake up you'll just wake up at the time you want to wake up and do the work at the time you want to do You see the bible talks about ants the bible talks about these little tiny creatures and it says like this in proverbs chapter 6 verse 6 let me read that verse for you go to the ant you sluggard consider its ways and be wise verse 7 says it has no commander no overseer or ruler yet it stores its provision in summer notice that and gathers its food at harvest See the Bible is talking about ants here. And what is the ant to? It works in the season in the time it is supposed to work. It does the work in the time of harvest. See the ant will not wake up in the winter season and say, "Now I'm going to gather my food." <laughs> no, you cannot. It works in the summer, gathers its food in the harvest. It prepares for the winter. And you see what the ant is doing here. It works in the time it is set for its food. The food has a season, so it works according to that time. You see, many times we call ourselves hardworking people, but at the same time, if we do not do what we are supposed to do in the time in which we are supposed to do. you know what we are doing we just procrastinating we work hard when we are awake but when we sleep we don't know when we will wake up and when we will go about our work and when you look at procrastination there's always a great danger in procrastination the reason why i say this is because when we begin to love sleep a little extra sleep you know what we procrastinate you know what we procrastinate we procrastinate our time with the lord our time that we are supposed to spend with the lord as the first thing in the morning becomes the last thing we do in our day and when this order gets reversed when the time with our lord goes to the end of the day what happens is from the beginning of the day there will be chaos there will be lack of clarity we will be indecisive we will be able to we we won't be able to make clear decisions our mind will have uncontrolled thoughts why do we why do we spend time in the presence of the lord it is to prepare ourselves for the day but when that preparation is not there we will go throughout our day with anger in our hearts with uncontrolled thoughts we will be unable to think clearly we won't have any fresh ideas in our mind we will be indecisive we will lack clarity in our life so we will go through our day complaining blaming others arguing fighting with people why because we procrastinated prayer and the moment we procrastinate prayer and switch the order to the last thing we do in the day 
there is an un- uninvited guest in your life because the enemy is now rejoicing because what happens is practically when we do not spend time in prayer when our hearts and minds are not prepared in the presence of god it just becomes a very good ground for the enemy to work you know i can honestly tell you you know the days i get angry the most are the days when i don't spend time in prayer the days when i get upset the most are the days i don't spend time in prayer when we spend time in prayer what happens is our emotions are regulated by god you know we don't we don't simply sing come holy spirit i need you just because we want to have that experience we sing come holy spirit i need you because we want our thoughts to be under control we want our emotions our anger to be under control we want our whole self to be regulated by the holy spirit but when the holy spirit is not in our life and we do not spend the time with the lord what happens is we will begin the day with this thought about oh this person said that to me yesterday how can i deal with him what can i say to him but if we were to begin our day in the lord's presence you know what will happen we will say lord that person spoke to me that way but i'm going to forgive him we will begin with a fresh mind with a fresh perspective but when we procrastinate what we are doing is we are allowing the enemy to find his way into our life find his way into our life we may claim that oh pastor i'm a hard working person i work for 16 hours a day or 15 hours a day or 12 hours a day or 8 hours a day you may work how much ever you can but do you do the work that you're supposed to do in the time in which you're supposed to do do you spend time with the lord at the time that you're supposed to do it don't think of prayer as something that you can do any time during the day there is a discipline to prayer there's a habit that you have to form in prayer where it is the first thing we do in our day when we form that habit and when we put god first i tell you the enemy will have no room in our life but when we begin to switch the order the door is open for the enemy to work in our life we give a seat for the enemy in our table that is how laziness and procrastination can allow the in- enemy to infiltrate into our life and we have to make sure that there is no laziness that there is no procrastination in our life amen the second way the second way i want to share with you the second way through which the enemy can infiltrate into your life i'm ho- i hope you're following along i hope you're taking down notes and engaging with me i highly recommend that you take down notes because uh because you're looking at this tv screen and i'm not in front of you uh it may be a little relaxing because you're not in a church environment you're not dressed up for church it may be a little relaxing and sometimes you know uh distractions can take place so if you have a notebook but if you have a notebook with you you'll be able to engage better with the word of god amen so second way second way through which the enemy infiltrates into our life is this when there is an inability to handle hurt inability to handle hurt the enemy will infiltrate into our life see when we are unable to handle hurt see people hurt us we are going to be hurt by people we live in a world where people will hurt us it's inevitable all of us are going to be hurt by people at some point in time we will be hurt by our own spouses 
we'll be hurt by our parents sometimes we'll be hurt by our siblings we will be hurt by people whom we love the most getting hurt is part and parcel of life you cannot escape that but how you deal with it is really important if you do not deal it in the right way the enemy can infiltrate into your life and that is why i say if there is an inability to handle hurt then there will always be a way through which the enemy can infiltrate into our life you see when we are hurt what is our default response when we are hurt what is our default response our default response is to hurt them back when we are hurt we want to give them a piece of our mind we want to show them how it caused pain for us so we will either speak harshly or sometimes if possible we may also use our hands to physically beat them or assault them see when we are hurt that by default we will go and tell everybody oh this person did that to me how can he do this to me when we are hurt we will hold unforgiveness in our heart and we we often do all this thinking that we are taking revenge we are giving them a piece of our mind we are paying back that person but if you read the bible the word of god instructs us on how to deal with hurt if you read ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 ephesians 4 32 it says like this be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in christ god forgave you be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other <laughs> okay we can be kind we can be compassionate but forgiving each other and the standard of forgiveness is is found in jesus christ not in any person god is not saying forgive your enemy like how your uh, brother forgave that person god is not setting that sort of a standard he's saying forgive one another just as i forgave you <laughs> now let me say honestly that is very difficult very difficult but that's what we are instructed to do it is so easy to give a person a piece of our mind it is so easy to hold on to that unforgiveness and constantly keep thinking about how that person has hurt us but what the bible teaches us is forgive one another just as christ forgave you let me read one more verse romans 12 19 it says like this do not take revenge my dear friends but leave room for god's wrath for it is written it is mine to avenge i will repay says the lord the bible is teaching us here instructing us here saying do not take revenge do not take revenge see there are two ways to deal with hurt and it's very simple very straightforward it's in the verses that we just read forgive as christ forgave you and do not take revenge those are the ways to deal with hurt now when we fail to do this now when we fail to do this we automatically start to hold grudge see where there is unforgiveness there will also be grudge you know it's like how can this person do to me there will be anger constant anger building up in our hearts that is why you know our blood is boiling it starts boiling when we look at that person just looking at that person we lose our temper why we are holding on to that unforgiveness we are not dealt with that hurt and we try to take revenge you know maybe in this situation i can do something to him or maybe i can say something to her that will hurt them 
The question we have to ask ourselves is this. How am I handling people who hurt me? How am I handling with people who have said false things about me? How am I dealing with the anger in my life? If you're not dealing it in the right way, if we are not dealing it in the biblical way, we open doors for the enemy to operate. We give him a seat on our table. He becomes the uninvited guest in our home. You know, I have often witnessed this, that if there is an unforgiveness that I hold in my heart, even towards my wife or something, you know, that night I'll have a very disturbed sleep. You see, unforgiveness has a lot of spiritual implications. If we continuously keep fighting, continuously hold on to unforgiveness, continuously keep blaming each other for every mistake that has happened, you know, eventually it will bring in an evil presence into our homes. So we will, the moment we step into our homes, what will happen is we will feel angry. The moment we step into our homes, we will feel like shouting at our spouse for no reason. Why has this evil presence come into our life? It's because we have opened it. We have opened the room for the evil presence in our life. One of the things I do often is I, I pray for the house. I pray for the environment in the house. I pray that God will be dwelling in that house, in my house. That there will be no fear. That there will be no sort of tensions. I'll be praying for the house constantly so that none of us are allowing any sort of room for the enemy to work in the house. We have to preserve the spaces in where we live. We have to pray constantly that you know, our hearts are pure before the Lord. We have to pray that God will help us forgive. You see, forgiving a person is not an easy thing. And we have to depend on the Lord. And that is why we sing, come Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit dwells in our heart, we will be able to forgive. When the Holy Spirit is in our life, He will help us forgive the person who has caused us a great amount of hurt. When the Holy Spirit is dwelling in our heart, we won't take revenge. But if we do not deal with the hurt properly, if we take revenge and hold on to unforgiveness, the enemy will find his way into our life. And that is when you see your anger never ceases. You just become a short-tempered person. You can never forgive anybody very easily. If you ever struggle with unforgiveness, I want you to know something. If you're struggling with unforgiveness, I want you to know something. You have given a seat for the enemy at your table. And it's time to cast him away right now. It's time to deal with your unforgiveness. It's time to tell the Lord, God, help me deal with this unforgiveness that I have. Help me to forgive just as you forgive me. The moment we say that, I tell you, changes will happen in our life. Amen. Amen. The third way in which the enemy can infiltrate into our life is this. So far, I have shared two things. I'm going to go into the third one and I'm looking at the clock. I have limited time and I'm going to share as much as possible in that time and finish on time. Please follow along. Don't give yourself away to any sort of distractions. Uh, put the cooking aside, <laughs> breakfast aside, spend time in the Lord and God is going to speak to you through his word.
the third thing the third way in which through which the enemy can infiltrate into our life is through the words we hear the words we hear See the enemy is a liar the bible calls him a father of lies and he will often try to speak lies to us the most common lies of the enemy are that you won't be able to overcome this issue another lies he will speak is this that you are worthless another lies is that nobody likes you I don't know about you but I've heard that often you know I've heard that often nobody likes you who likes you you're just you're just an uh, unwanted person unwanted person the enemy will speak lies into our life constantly and as long as we live on this earth it is going to be a battle for us because we're going to be hearing lies from the enemy words from the enemy that you will never overcome that you are worthless and that nobody likes you nobody likes you but what's really important here is that when we hear lies from the enemy when we hear these lies from the enemy we should hear them but never really process them i want you to come along with me we will hear them you know we will hear those lies but we should never process those lies You see the moment the enemy speaks to us and says that you are worthless you're never going to overcome this issue we should immediately dismiss it saying that saying that i know my god will take care of me i know that i am more than a conqueror in christ jesus you know we have to use god's word to combat that instead of processing what he spoke instead of saying oh is it i cannot overcome oh my life is going to be miserable Oh I'm going to be like this. Oh I'm going to be struggling like this. I'm going to be lonely forever. Oh nobody likes me. And we think that way we are processing what we heard. But if we just dismiss it as soon as we hear it the lies will not work in our life. You see you see the in the garden of Eden our our dear madam Eve <laughs> the first lady You see what she did. The serpent, the Bible says like this in Genesis 3:1, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the God Lord God had made. He said to the woman, what did the enemy say to the woman? Did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? You see how how tricky the enemy is. He comes with smart statements, very smart statements. And that statement will be something apt for that situation. He'll come with a statement, did God really say? <laughs> Now what happens in the next phase is that Eve begins to process what she heard. See we fail in our life we give in to the lies of the enemy because we are processing what the enemy spoke the moment we know that what we heard is from the enemy we should just shut our ears and dismiss it but the moment we hear and then process it you know bible scholars who rabbi there was a rabbi who was listening to he said you know this conversation between eve and the serpent was not a one time conversation it even went on for a couple of days it went went on for a period of time until eve was convinced and she plucked the fruit 
and ate it. You see, the enemy, the way he will work is that he'll keep injecting lies as a slow poison. But if we begin to process it and if we begin to think, oh, nobody likes me. Oh, I'm not going to overcome this. Oh, my life is worthless. There is no purpose in my life. You know, when we begin to process the lies of the enemy, we open the door for the enemy to infiltrate into our lives. As long as we live in this world, we will hear lies, but we should never process those lies. We should never accept those lies. If we accept those lies, the enemy will build a room in our hearts where he'll constantly keep speaking lies 24-7. He will constantly keep speaking lies all the time. If you ever have this experience where you feel like the enemy is constantly speaking lies into your life, if you ever, ever, ever feel like that, you know what you should do? You know what you should do? You should ask the Lord to overcome the situation. Because the very fact that you're hearing so many lies and you're giving into that hopelessness and into that hopeless thought is a sign that you have given the enemy a seat at your table. You see, hopelessness sometimes may seem like a normal thing, but it's, it has a spiritual implication. It can attack you in a way that you never thought of. If you're experiencing any of these things, hopelessness or any sort of constant lies that you're hearing and you're feeling so depressed, that means you've given the enemy a seat at your table. And I pray that, that you would cast the enemy away. As you listen to the sermon, as you are participating in the sermon, I want you to keep praying, saying, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Come Holy Spirit, I need you. Come sweet Spirit, I pray. The, the moment we invite God into our lives, the enemy has to leave. He will leave. Amen. Amen. Just keep praying along with me as I, as I share God's word with you. Say, God, come into my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Move in my heart, oh God. I need you, Jesus. I need you. I'm going to share two more things quickly and then I'm going to close with a word of prayer. The fourth way through which the enemy can often find his place in our life is through uncontrolled or unregulated emotions. Uncontrolled or unregulated emotions. The Bible has something to say about controlling our emotions. In Proverbs 16.32 it says like this, Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules the spirit than he who takes a city. In the NIV it says like this, Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. The Bible is talking about regulating or controlling our emotions. Controlling our emotions, our anger, our frustration or even our disappointment is very important. If you notice... You know, there are, there are some people who cannot, <clears throat> some people who just cannot hide their emotions. Have you met such people? <laughs> they just cannot, you know, whatever they're feeling is printed on the face. It's just on the face. And uh, I'm sure you've noticed such people. Uh, the, the key to, you know, emotions here is that we have to learn to regulate them. We have to learn to regulate them in such a way that we don't really express anything without thinking or praying about it. You see, we may see a situation. 
and we may get angry about it but the way to respond is not immediately but to think about it and pray about it and then respond because if we immediately respond we will respond in anger but if we wait think and pray and respond we will respond with the wisdom of god i hope you're understanding what i'm saying i hope you're understanding what i'm saying the way to regulate our anger is just to pray about it think about it and then deal with it not immediately because the moment we deal with anything immediately very quickly the possibility of going wrong is always very high you know <clears throat> all of you know that i have a son and uh, as he grows up you know as i spend more time with him i have a lot of stories to share because it's very fascinating to see uh, a child grow from this small uh just uh, just amazing you know i can describe it and spend a lot of time talking about the growth of a child and i'm fascinated by it i'm experiencing a lot and personally i am learning a lot and so bringing up this my son i'm learning lessons about regulating my emotions because you see children are very different when we are free they will be busy and when we are busy they want our attention and so you see this table where i sit this is a table where i often sit and work and uh, i'll be working and you know where he sits on the table and he believes that the mouse is a remote control for his car and the keyboard is some toy and so he he wants to play he wants my attention when i'm really busy i'm working on a sermon or doing doing something and in those moments you know my anger just flares up and i would sometimes shout at him i say jeremy get on from the table i don't you're disturbing me i just go go to the hall watch tv do something else is to get angry eventually i realized that as a 3 year old he's you know analyzing my emotions he's watching my reaction watching my face and if i express myself with anger all the time then he will come to a conclusion that daddy is a very angry person and i and i realized that the way i present my anger even to my son should be done in a very careful manner otherwise it is going to hurt him and so nowadays when he comes and sits on my table i still get angry sometimes but most of the time i play on the table with him i play on the table with him and explain to him in such a way that he understands that daddy is working and that he needs to get off the table i'm learning to regulate my emotions and communicate my emotions with a lot of thought and prayer You see when we do not think about how we are going to communicate our emotions if we don't think about how we are going to communicate our anger then it's going to be a big problem you see many times people will say that oh you shouldn't just get angry that that is a wrong thing you know anger is a good thing there is a positive side to it but how we communicate in our anger is really important we should never burst with our emotions and speak on top of our voice and scream it does nothing rather we have to speak with thoughtfulness and prayer that is how you know our emotions are under control but if we are out of control with our emotions it is always a good ground for the enemy to work i want to i want you to ponder about this and i and i want to say for fathers you know 
those of you who are going to be fathers in the future i have a word for you keep your emotions under control keep your emotions under control it's very important to your own personal benefit and also for your family amen because uncontrolled emotions are always a very good ground for the enemy to work ponder over this and i believe the lord will speak more to you finally i want to share the the last way through which the enemy can infiltrate into our lives the way in which the enemy can infiltrate is through fear you know fear is this four lettered word but it has captivated the lives of so many people there are so many people just living with fear and fear is the enemy's number one weapon <laughs> it's it's the enemy's number one weapon the enemy uses fear to kill people a few weeks ago i heard that a young couple who fell sick in mangalore they thought they had contracted covid and out of fear of complications out of fear of expenses because they already have some kind of sickness out of fear of complication they committed suicide and after they killed themselves a couple of days later the test results arrived and you know what the test said that they are not positive that they are negative that they don't have covid but you see what killed them it's not the disease but it is the fear that killed them enemy uses fear to take away lives when fear enters a person a person cannot think very clearly when fear enters a person they cannot see the reality they cannot see the truth they can see only lies just a fabricated picture of what the enemy wants you to see just a fabricated picture and the more you believe a lie here's what will happen the more the enemy will begin to infiltrate into your life here's how we have to live and this is how we have to live let anything happen let anything happen to us let covid come anything happens anything comes we should live with this confidence that my god is a healer he can raise the dead back to life and even if i die he can raise me back to life we have to live with that confidence on god we should not live in fear you know a couple of weeks ago when i was sick with covid you know those initial days are very difficult are very painful there were there were nights i was just unable to sleep i was sleeping alone in this room and i was just so disturbed my neck was paining my back was hurting uh, and i just couldn't sleep i was coughing constantly uh, so much of discomfort in my body there was fear there was splitting headache i just couldn't bear all those things that were happening and during those times there were thoughts that came to me saying what if this is the end of my life what if i die before i turn 30 <laughs> what if you know all these thoughts are just you know just pouring into my life you know the enemy will bring in a lot of fear when you are a little weak when you are sick with something the enemy will bring in fear but respond to that fear with faith never really accept that fear because when you accept that fear you set the table for the enemy you're putting a seat for the enemy at your table you're inviting him over to your home but rather when fear comes stand up and say that i worship the god who can raise the dead back to life 
I worship the God who is a great physician and he is the healer and he can heal, he can restore, he can do anything in my life and I am not going to give into fear. I'm going to live with this confidence that my God, my God, the my savior, the one whom I worship is a healer. You look at the life of Paul, you look at what he says, I know whom I believed. I know whom I've trusted. When his life is threatened, when he's facing danger after danger, he travels to one place for ministry. People are waiting to stone him to death. People are waiting to persecute him. He goes on the ship. The ship is broken. There's so many things that are happening to him. But he says, I know whom I have believed. I know whom I have believed. That is how you and I have to live our life with this belief that we worship the God who can raise the dead back to life. And even if something were to happen to me, he will raise me back to life. That is the way to live our Christian life. But the moment we give in to fear, the moment we give in to fear, you know what happens? The enemy has access to your life right now. The fear will bring fear will start with sickness then it'll go into your finances then it'll go into your future it'll start with your sickness saying oh maybe it cannot be cured maybe something bad is going to happen to you then this next thought will come maybe you know you're good, just going to lose all your money and then the next thought your future is going to be terrible enemy will bring in so many lies so many lies never really accept those lies rather stand in the word of god stand in the word of god and he will grant you the healing amen i want to tell you this church i just have a couple of minutes and i'm going to pray for you i want to leave you with this thought don't give the enemy a seat at your table don't give the enemy a seat at your table don't allow him into your life he's going to attack you and destroy you rather stay on god deal with the emotions deal with your anger deal with the hurt and god will help you i want to pray for you right now i want to pray for you right now can we just look into the lord in prayer father we come into your presence because of who you are you are the god who is so concerned about our life And Father you have spoken to us through your word and right now we thank you for what you have reminded us through your word. And even as we have heard this we pray that you would put help us to put everything into practice that you would help us to apply these words to our life. That we may live a victorious life in you. We thank you for all that you've spoken to us O oh Lord. Thank you for reminding us of who you are for us. the great physician the healer the god of all possibilities we thank you and we love you in jesus name